Okay, welcome back. My name is Dr. Spencer Erickson, and this is the Life Without Fear podcast. Now, what we're going to do today is I'm going to review some things. Ever since I first started ta talking about doing a podcast, uh, people have wanted me to review things like the chirp wheel, and uh, I've got neck wedges and traction and back braces and all kinds of stuff. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time doing that today. Now, as far as at home and home care exercises, I'm a huge fan of just about anything out there. I like exercise in general. Doesn't matter if it's swimming or biking or CrossFit or uh, Pilates, yoga, huge fan of yoga. I think that's awesome. There are lots of different ways to, uh, to, to do basically at-home care where you're encouraging your body to get healthier and stronger. That's always a really good thing. So generally when people ask, is it okay for me to do this? I'm going to say yes. I want you doing stuff at home. Absolutely. And so one of the things that, that I've been uh, requested specifically to talk about is the chirp wheel. And so we, I might as well just get, in, get into that right now. Now I've got, um, oh man, I've got a few different things we're going to talk about. But the chirp wheel, don't mind the noise. Oh my goodness. Yeah, if you're, watching, if you're listening to this, then you're not obviously not getting the whole experience. But because uh, uh, I'm going to be showing some things on here too. So chirp was really interesting. I had a patient order it. And I was interested to find out kind of what her experience was like. And, um, but this is a chirp. It took her to get uh, like two or three weeks to get her uh, set in. But it comes in this really funny box. You see how it says all-purpose flour. I, was, I saw that on the stairs of my house. I was like, when, why do we order flour? But it actually, uh, there's a funny kind of, uh, kind of thing that goes along with that. So if you end up getting one of these, then it's kind of fun. But um, my experience was interesting. I ordered all three, and I think this is this is going to be true for just about anybody that orders. Just depends on what you want out of it. But uh, so I got all three wheels. Again, I apologize for the noise. Um, hopefully, that'll be the noisiest thing that we that we do today. But uh, so it comes in three different sizes. Now I went on the website, and I think the website is probably the very best place to to purchase it. And it was ninety nine dollars for a set. I was like, that's cool. I'll I'll invest in that because I want to try it out and see what it's like anyway. And they said, all right, well, in your cart, there's, uh, you have one set. Would you like to buy another set for, I think it was $69, $59 or $69 with free shipping. And I said, well, that's not a bad deal. And I can sell the other set or donate it to somebody or, or give it away or something. And so I said, yes, let's do that. And so I got two sets for a hundred and, I can't remember, 59 or 69 plus tax. And they said, would you like us to throw in a free back brace? And I said, well, I'm sure people would love to hear me talk about back braces. And it's a posture brace, actually, for the shoulders. And so I had them send that to me as well. Oh, there it is there. So I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I got it. I tried it out. First time I tried it out, I was really sore. It was not very comfortable because my back was really sore from doing a, a, a lot of back work at the, at the gym. A lot of uh, deadlifts and hang cleans and you know that kind of stuff that's really upper back intensive. Um, and so, I, well, deadlifts are not so upper back intensive, but they get my upper back sore. Pardon me. So, um, it comes with three wheels, the small one and the medium one and the large one. Okay. Here and here. Now out of the three, believe it or not, I actually thought this was the most comfortable. I thought the larger one with this bigger diameter would be more comfortable, but this one for me, it was perfect. I really like this. I think that all of them serve a purpose. And they work better on different parts of the back. And so if you want to get a set, get a set. If you only have to get one, then I would just suggest getting a small one. Now, these are also known as yoga wheels. This is a very specific one, specific design. 
Um, this is not a negative review on Chirpwheel. I don't think I don't have anything negative to say about it. Um, but um, the thing that uh, that stands out to me that's different is it's got this ridge running running down the middle of it, or actually a groove. It's not a ridge, uh, but a groove running down the middle of it, which uh, which um, presumably is for the spinous processes to to fit into, so you don't have a, you don't have bony parts of the spine pushing directly on the on the hard plastic, which I think is great. Um, necessary? I don't know. I don't know, uh, but it is what it is, and I think it's a, I think it's good. I've heard of somebody actually breaking one of these, which surprises me. These are pretty thick. Uh, the uh, larger one, the plastic is thicker um, than the other two, and so this is thick enough, uh, certainly thick enough to support my weight, heavy duty enough. I, I can't imagine somebody breaking, but I did have somebody said, say that uh, that they broke their their chirp wheel. And so basically, what you do is you can roll out on this, or you can stretch over it. A bunch of different things. I like to do both. I like to roll out on things on, on my back and I like to stretch on it. Now, I, from what I understand, and I haven't done a ton of research on chirp wheel, but uh, from what I understand, they say that you can, you can get your back to pop or crack or whatever, um, and it's kind of a, a self-adjustment tool. I imagine that works for some people, certainly. Um, I don't know about a lot of people. Uh, it didn't really work on me. I, I'm not really trying to self-adjust anyway because I, you know, I know the, the value of a, a very specific chiropractic adjustment. Uh, instead of just getting to whatever will pop, will pop. Um, I don't think that's as beneficial, but uh, some people do use it for that purpose, and I'm sure that, uh, that in, in a lot of cases it will cavitate, you know, give the pop sound, and, and then there are some, some physiologic benefits to that, like muscle relaxation, that kind of stuff. But it's not a very specific tool to use for that. It's not an adjusting tool. And so you're just going to, you know, if you get some random pops out of your back, then, then if that's what you're after, then great. And it will do that for some people. So as far as this goes, I think the uh, I think it's a great product. I think it's it's also designed in Utah. It's a Utah-based company, and I'm in Utah. Uh, I think most people watching this will be in Utah. Um, and so it's kind of cool to have a local company that's doing really well, and has a uh, has a product like this that I think is is definitely beneficial. Uh, I don't have any problem with people using this. In fact, I like I said before, I think at-home exercises are really really helpful and they're important. Because I want to get the very best results that I can get, and if people are doing good things at home, I'm going to get better results. It's kind of, maybe it's a selfish thing, I don't know. But uh, uh, if people are doing things at home that are beneficial, that's just going to that's that, that's going to help what I do stick longer and be more beneficial for a longer period of time. So absolutely, if you want to do this stuff, then do it. And I think this is a great product, and it, it supports local Utah businesses. So um, if you have questions on that, let me know. Now, let's get into this back brace thing. So they send this along with it. Now this stuff I do have a little bit of a problem with. Um, I understand why a lot of people don't see things the same way that I see them, and that's fine. Uh, we can all have different opinions, uh, you know, in some things, I guess. But uh, they sent this along with it, and they, they included this for free, and this is a postural brace. Oh, maybe I just figured it out. Where, oh, you put it in like this. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get it on my shoulders. But basically you put it on, and this, the shoulder straps, this thing goes along the back. And so the shoulder straps are supposed to help hold your shoulders back into a better posture. In my opinion, I've not, maybe I haven't uh, studied this as extensively as I could, but I've been in practice for about 18 years. And in my opinion, braces are great for making things weak. If you have a problem, then strengthen it or resolve the problem and then strengthen it. 
uh, is an even better solution. So most of the time, if people have a poor posture, it comes from a very specific thing. It's stress in the system. Now, if you think about, you know, just from one very limited perspective, which is, is not an invalid perspective at all, but it's limited where, you know, we start sitting when we're like four or five years old. We start st sitting in preschool and, and kindergarten. And then for the most part, we sit through everything else. We sit all through school. We sit through, a lot of people sit through their jobs all the time, you know, and so it's, it's we sit in church. We sit a lot. And so when we have a lot of sitting, and then of course the obvious posture is that everyone's going to start slouching forward like this. Now that's not always true and it doesn't have to be true uh, because mo more often than not when people come into my office and I x-ray them, I find an injury in the spine. That's why we do x-rays and that's why I do what I do so we can heal those injuries or help the body heal itself. Uh, we get things moving again. So um, when we have an injury in the spine, those injury, the injured tissues will signal to the brain saying, hey, we have problems, we have injuries and so the brain goes into a stress response. Injuries are very stressful for the body, and so it needs to adapt to, around those injuries as well as it can. So what it does is typically it'll, it, it goes into protection mode, which is another stress response. So protection mode, what it does is all the muscles in the front, well, all of our muscles get tight. This is a question I ask a lot of people. Say the answer out loud of this. What happens to your muscles when you get all stressed out? They get tense and tight. It's a stress response. And so when we have an injury in the spine, the body's got to protect itself from more injuries. So what happens is everything gets tight. All the muscles will, will tense up. We have very strong muscles here, pectoralis major and minor, way stronger than the muscles in the back, or they're at least larger and therefore stronger. But the tendency is that the shoulders are going to round forward like this because we have these big, strong muscles pulling the shoulders forward. This is exaggerated, but ultimately this is what happens. So if the shoulders get pulled forward like this, then the head... It, no, you don't see anybody walking around like this because it's too much work. And so what happens is the natural posture is just to drop forward like this. And so the upper back ligaments and muscles will catch us as we slouch into this posture. So when people start with an, an injury, it could be a birth injury. We talked about birth injuries in another podcast episode. Um, but uh, when we have an injury in there, an injury process going on, the, the nervous system gets everything all tense and tight. That's just the way the body responds to stress. And so we have a lot of uh, postural muscles pulling us into a poor posture, and then we sit, and we sit, and we sit, and we sit, and that reinforces this posture. And so all the joints get elongated and stretched like this so that it affects the ligaments and it affects the muscles, it affects the joints, it affects the discs. You, ultimately, it can start affecting the bones too, depending on, on how severe the injury is. But when we have that stress res response pulling us forward like this, what we need to do is get rid of the initial injury and then strengthen the body so it can take care of itself. So this kind of stuff I'm not a huge fan of because we're bypassing the main, it's, it's basically a symptomatic um, uh, pill. <laughs> it's a band-aid uh, that doesn't actually help heal the problem. And so if we just try to force the shoulders back, then yeah, we can, we can absolutely get some muscle stretch depending on the strength. I've, I've not even put this on. Um, but you know, in theory, I understand why they come up with this stuff, but practical usage, the most important thing to do is find whatever's causing the poor posture to begin with, fix that, and then we can work on strengthening everything and so the body can start holding itself up better again. And I've seen it many, many times. Yeah, maybe if somebody is just not recovering well after we, we rehab the injury, maybe we throw a brace on there, but in my opinion, braces just make things weak. They take the, uh, the responsibility away from the muscles that are supposed to be doing the work and they just let everything go loose and relaxed. And muscles do not respond well 
They don't respond by getting stronger when you just take the load off of them. They respond by getting weaker. And so we don't want weakness. And so, yes, chirp wheel, awesome. Um, back braces, not a huge fan. Um, okay, so other home care stuff. Now, one thing I used to do with a lot of people is just giving them a back support. Uh, so this is one that uh, I, I've had literally, I've probably had this for eight years, seven or eight years at least. And I don't know the last time I gave out one of these. Um, I used to do these with pregnancy quite a bit, but then I actually started getting a lot more pregnancy patients in and I realized that this is not the problem. Stability is typically not the problem. Um, so again, it's a brace and the issue is not weakness. The issue usually is, and if it is weakness, it's usually not uh, by, it's not because of what most people would traditionally attribute weakness to be from. Um, if, a, let's say the pelvis is shifted out of place and we literally can, we have a ton of nerves in there, obviously, that's why there's so much back pain when, and that's why back pain can be so debilitating because there's so many nerves in the lower back. And so when things shift out of place, it can put pressure on the wrong things and that literally will shut off the muscle groups. So they're not working as well because the body's trying to preserve itself and it's trying to avoid getting further injured. So when we get shifted out of place, the body feels injured and it will literally just shut things down. Now, another common scenario is we have one hip that's really locked up and the other hip is not. And so that one loose hip, the one not locked up hip is doing all of this work and this side's just locked. And so uh, people come in and say, yeah, I've got tons of pain on my left hip. And then I push on, I was like, oh my gosh, that right hip is so locked. Well, I'm hurting on the left. Well, maybe it's because that left hip is being overworked. It's just simply doing way more work than it's designed to do. And it's, it's uh, getting inflamed and it's, you know, muscles, muscle uh, tightness and pain and ligaments and, you know, all that stuff. The joint itself might, might actually be uh, starting to get painful in the capsule. And so if we are overcompensating here, that may be where some of the pain is coming from. So if I brace that, then basically we have two hips that just aren't doing very much work at all. And then we're going to start developing different and more problems because of that. Whereas if we go in and we just start adjusting that locked up hip, then this hip just gets better because it doesn't have so much load up. We, we can adjust both hips, obviously. In pregnancy, I typically will adjust both sides. Uh, adjust this side uh, to move it more freely and this side just to clear out a lot of the inflammation and stuff and get great results with that. So I don't do back, back braces anymore. I haven't given out a back brace in at least seven or eight years. Um, and I saw that in there and I was like, oh, I wonder why I still, I didn't know why I still had that. It's actually moved to three different offices with me. Now, another cool thing is one of these. Now, the, uh, the common uh, and the, the gold standard that made everything really popular is something called the Theragun. Now, I don't have a Theragun. They run, uh, boy, when I first got introduced to it, they were $500 and then they jumped up to $600 when they came out with the newest iteration of them. Now, I could have gotten one with a professional discount um, for significantly less. Um, I elected not to at that time, and I kind of do kick myself a little bit. I think it's a really, really nice, uh, really nice uh, appliance. Now, the Theragun is basically a jigsaw. This is a Ryobi jigsaw, actually. Now, I don't condone you going out and doing this. Um, this is a, an extremely powerful tool. This is an 18-volt uh, jigsaw, and my goodness, <laughs> not only does the noise, you know, uh, it noise is off the charts loud, but it will give you a pummeling. Now, um, so this is not me telling you to go out and make your own uh, massage gun. But I do see value in massage guns. Now, um, I had one that was based off of Milwaukee 12-volt uh, jigsaw. And like I said, this is an 18-volt jigsaw. The 
there again, from what I understand, uh, it's either a 10 or 12 volt. And so you don't need something extremely powerful. This is extremely powerful. Um, you, also, you don't need something that powerful to, to, get, uh, to get a good massage in. And I, I think actually that I erred on the side of, uh, of too, much, uh, too much power for this. But I used this a lot in my shoulders because I tore rotator cuff several years ago and I had so much pain coming from the back of my shoulders that uh, I was sure that even when I got stem cell injections, it just never felt healed. And so I went and talked to the doc that I, that I hugely respect that did my stem cell injections, um, uh, Dr. Craig Chappell, and I think he's awesome. But I went in and, and we did an evaluation afterwards. He said, yeah, well, everything's healed up, but I was still having a lot of muscle pain. And I didn't realize it was muscle pain. I thought it was coming from the joint. And so finally I got uh, the shoulder joint, not the joint, the chiropractic office place. That, that's different. But uh, um, I got a massage from a massage therapist that I just hugely respect, but she is mean. She got in there and she dug out one of my muscles that was, I had tons of knots in back here. And after that, I didn't have any pain for a week. And so I was like, oh, well, I need to do something, something about this more long-term. So I was getting my shoulder adjusted. My shoulder does not adjust really well. And I tend to aggravate it by doing things like power cleans. Power cleans are really hard on my shoulders, but they're my favorite movement. And so I need to, uh, I, I really like to do that stuff. And so um, I'm willing to put up with some pain and tight muscles to do what I love. And so I ended up getting this uh, and that Milwaukee one that I, that I had before that was also awesome. And every time I worked on that, it made my shoulders better. So I have very, very little shoulder pain anymore. And I attribute a lot of that to uh, one of these things here. Like I said, don't make your own. There are plenty of them that are actually cheaper uh, than making your own that, uh, that come with all of the, all the right uh, um, tips uh, to go on there that, uh, that'll, that'll do different uh, muscle groups differently. And so they've, uh, they've tapped into the, the uh, inexpensive um, uh, portion of that market and been able to, to create a lot of good ones. So I think there are plenty of out there that are commercially available that you should go with and not, not do a, a homemade version like I did. Now, um, so, Huge fan of those things. Now, along lines, along the lines of those, this is actually a uh, this is a chiropractic gun. Now, I have some people come in. Oh, I don't have my other clicker, uh, my adjusting tool. But this is actually an adjusting tool, and this is a. I know I knew that I was going to forget the name of this thing. That was an arthro stem. It says right on there, arthro stem. So uh, this is similar. It'll it, it'll click at different rates. Uh, the, the base rate for this is 12 hertz or 12 times per second, which is the same uh, frequency at which muscles communicate with the brain. And so a lot of chiropractors use these. So if you've been to different chiropractic offices and you've had this kind of stuff done on you before, I actually use this for, uh, for stimulating um, acupressure points when I was doing allergy elimination. And so I think these are really great tools, really well made and pretty expensive, honestly, for what they are. Um, but uh, really, well, I've had this for over 10 years. This is uh, 10 or 11 years, and it still looks exactly the same as it did when I bought it. Um, still in very good shape, because um, they just last a really long time. They're very well made. Um, I, as far as adjusting goes, I don't use this stuff anymore. Um, I've had some people that I used it on in the past that really liked it for muscle work, uh, but I've, I think that they should be doing that stuff at home, um, because they can do it more comprehensively than I can do it in the office. And for adjusting, I like using my hands. I'm just better with my hands now, and so I don't need to use uh, need to use stuff like this. So really, I did buy this for allergy elimination technique, um, NAET, and it worked brilliantly for that. Um, I've used it on some other things, but I don't really use this stuff anymore. 
Um, I think hands are the very best way to adjust whenever possible. Let's see. Um, this, I get a lot of questions about cervical traction. Now, most tractions, uh, if you look at the research, and I have done research on this, um, I'm fairly well versed in this stuff, but most tractions are, are considered hanging tractions. <clears throat> Pardon me. Hanging tractions, especially over the door. And so this is actually an over-the-door traction that I really like. And most of the time, tractions will just, you'll, you'll be set up in it. There'll be like a weight on one thing, and the pulley that goes up to the top of the door, and then the thing comes down, and then there's a harness that goes around your head like this, and it just stretches your neck. Now, the problem with most of those is that all they're going to do is take a nice, curved, relaxed neck and pull it straight, which is not an objective. We want, if anything, we want to go the other direction. I don't think it's the most important thing in the world to have a, a curve in your neck, but we don't want to lose the curve if you have one. What we want to do, however, is we want to open up the disc spaces in necks that are super tight, and especially in necks that have degeneration inside the discs. If you don't know if you have degeneration in your discs, then get an x-ray. You can see it in one second if you have degeneration inside your discs. If you have an injury that's five to 10 years old in your neck, then you probably will have some sort of degeneration in there, either in the discs or in the bones themselves. Now, these, uh, this particular traction is considered a pumping traction. Now, this is through a company called Pedibon, um, and I really like the Pedibon pumping traction. I think that I've seen, it's been some years since I did this a lot, because people just don't do a lot of the things I tell them to do at home. So I'm not gonna waste their time and money if they don't wanna do it. Um, and usually adjustments will, uh, adjustments the way that I'm adjusting now, I don't need to do as much traction, that kind of stuff at home. Um, my practice has evolved like every chiropractor's has over the years. Um, hopefully we're always trying to evolve and learn. But the way this one works is you hang it up on the door, this will get stuck behind the door so the door's shut and locked, so this is trapped up there. And then you're pulling down this, this goes around the neck and this goes under the jaw. And so what happens is, and I'm not gonna put it on, I've looked silly enough trying to put that other thing on. But if you have pressure here like this, and then all you do is you bend your knees and it stretches your neck just a little bit and you hold it for a couple seconds and then you come back. And then you wait and then you do it again, a couple seconds and you come back. And so you're stretching the discs and so we're pumping, we're using a pumping action on those really weak discs in there. And what that does over time is it introduces moisture back into there. It creates kind of a vacuum in the disc. And so it'll, it'll pull fluid into the disc and then it'll actually, it can actually stimulate the disc to start producing more fluid on its own again. And I've actually seen some disc changes with these. It's pretty interesting. Um, I have, I've had gals who've, whose hands are going numb um, you know, radiculopathy, a lot of pain going down in the shoulder and the arm. And it's because if the disc gets small enough, pardon me, it actually will smash the nerves that go down into the arms. All those nerves come out in the neck. They go down through the shoulder and then into the arms. They've got to go, come from somewhere and they all come from the neck. And so if we have a lot of entrapment of the nerves inside the neck, a lot of compression in there, then opening that space up will help that quite a lot. And so I'm a huge fan of this, but this has got to be done under the supervision of a chiropractor who knows what they're doing. It just can't, you can't just buy it and do it at home. I think that's a very, very bad idea. It's gonna make you very sore and you're gonna wonder what's going on and then you're gonna freak out and either go to a, uh, an orthopedist or hopefully go to a chiropractor at that point. We have to start releasing tension in the joints before we start pulling open the discs. And so it's gotta be used in conjunction with a really good chiropractic plan.
Um, now, same thing with this. Uh, these are neck wedges. This is a Pettibon neck wedge. Uh, I love these uh, for a lot of people. I used to use them a lot when I was doing a lot of, a lot of uh, chiropractic biophysics or CBP. Um, when curve correction was really high on my list of priorities, this is the wedge that I would go to. I've taken x-rays of myself on a lot of different wedges with my neck draped over the back and to see, see if we're actually getting changes on them. Most of them, there's no change, but the way I had people do this, there was definitely a change. I think I may actually have a, uh, a how-to video on, on my uh, YouTube channel how to do this from like years and years ago, almost 10 years ago. No, I don't think it's that long, nine or 10 years ago. But anyway, um, I really like this for people who want to restore some sort of curve back in their neck. Now, some people are never gonna get a curve back in their neck just because it's been there too long. That doesn't mean that it's not worth trying or it's not worth uh, stretching all the tissues to see if we can uh, see if we can improve the function of the neck. But it all, again, stems from good specific chiropractic adjustments. If we're not getting things adjusted, then I've had, I remember I had one gal come in and she did not, she did not want me to adjust her, but she wanted to do the at-home stuff. And I said, you gotta give me at least an, an occasional adjustment. And she went home and she started doing all this stuff, traction and neck wedges, and she got so sore. She couldn't even tolerate it. It made the body so stressed out. And so it's gotta be done with adjustments because adjustments are really good at relieving that stress that can build up from trying to change things. The body's resistant to change. And so when we go in and just try to brace things and that kind of stuff, the body's not on board with it, you will get stiff and sore and the body's gonna rebel. And so it's gotta be, in, again, it's gotta be done in conjunction with the chiropractor who knows what they're doing. Now, heel lifts. I have stacks. <laughs> I've got stacks and stacks of heel lifts that I bought. I think I paid like seven bucks each for these things. They're very expensive. No, maybe it was like, it's just coming back. I think it was $3 each and I was selling them for six or seven bucks. Because um, I had to get a lot of inventory and that's hard to do as a chiropractor. Now, heel lifts are, that's a question that, uh, that can only be solved really on x-ray. Um, I don't do heel lifts anymore ever. Not because I hate them, but because they're inconvenient and people always forget which side they're using, which side it's supposed to go on. I've had people call me two years later saying, oh yeah, you remember when I, when I got your heel lift, I uh, got a heel lift from you, what side was that supposed to be on? And then I had to go back and look at their x-rays and obviously they'd been out, they hadn't been wearing it for probably a couple of years and then their back started hurting and so they're like, oh, I'll just do this, I'll put my heel lift back in. This is one of those things that's, that's kind of important because the body needs to sense where it is in space. Now, in space, basically, I just mean the space around itself, which means, you know, walking down the street, part of, the space, part of that space is the ground. Uh, sitting, you know, part of that space is the chair. Um, and so if somebody's standing there and their hips are out of level, one option that you can do is push that hip back up and try to level things out. Now, my philosophy on this has changed because I used to do quite a few of these. If somebody came in, let's say, with, a, with an 11 millimeter uh, discrepancy from side to side, then I would, I would probably put a five or seven millimeter heel lift under them, probably a five, because I didn't want to try to bridge too much because the body's already adapted a lot. If somebody comes in, they're 21 years old, <clears throat> pardon me, which is fairly young still, their body's been adapting to that 11 millimeter discrepancy for 21 years. So the last thing I should want to do is mess a lot with that. I'm not gonna give them a 10 millimeter heel lift because that's gonna throw things way off and the body's gonna be like, whoa, what are you doing to me? 
It's like wearing one shoe on one side and no shoe on the other side. It, the body's it's going to get weird, and the body's not going to appreciate that very much. And um, what I've basically gone to now, because people will just quit doing it, or they you know they'll forget what side it's in, or you know it just it, it never really seems to turn out well long term. Like short term, awesome, I love it. Put have that heel lift in there and adjust them a bunch of times, and the X rays level out. It's really cool to see. But what about five, ten years down the road? I don't know because people. Not everybody who starts with me stays with me, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, that's just common. You know, people will leave, they'll move, they'll go somewhere else, they'll lose interest in what we're doing. We've already accomplished what we need to, and so they're not going to continue coming back. So a lot of times, you know, I'll lose track of people and people will lose track of me. And so I don't know what they're going to do with their heel lift long term. What does that look like over the next 5, 10, 15 years? What if we do a lot of work to correct it and then they take it out? What if I have to give this monster 9 millimeter heel lift to somebody with, a, with an 18 millimeter discrepancy and then they end up taking it out later anyway? Well, what I should have done is help them adapt to the discrepancy, not to the heel lift. If we adapt them to the heel lift and then they take it out, then their body's in trouble again. I don't want their body to ever be in trouble again. I want it to be able to take care of itself. And so that's why I don't do heel lifts anymore. Now, um, I think that may have been the only points on heel lifts that I wanted to make. Uh, if you have questions on that stuff, I love talking about it. You know, if you have ideas or if you, if you disagree with me, let me know. I'm open to learning. Um, I, I really value, though, the experiences that I've had. And, uh, and that's kind of what experience has taught me. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not a huge proponent of heel lifts and that kind of stuff, but that doesn't mean they're bad. Uh, I just like to be able to track things long term and make sure the body is up to the task of taking care of itself. Um, we remove as much stress as we can, let the body deal with stuff because it's very smart and very intelligent and very capable of coping. Now, there's, uh, this might be the last thing I have. I'll pause it for a minute and go get my last adjusting tool. But first, uh, let's talk about this. I call this a, uh, well, this is a balance disc actually. I don't know if I can call this a wobble, a wobble seat. There is a, uh, there's a very specific type of wobble seat that was patented uh, by uh, the Pettibon Corporation. Um, that, uh, you know, this is Pettibon, that uh, traction thing, the neck thing that I showed you is also Pettibon. And they have this really specific uh, um, wobble chair that they've designed. It's hundreds of dollars. It's so expensive. And I can sit people on this and I can get them all kinds of motion in the lower back. Now, I used to do this stuff all the time, but I don't do it as much anymore. Because again, people don't like to do stuff at home. A lot of people will ask, you know, are there things I can do at home? I just want them to get out and move. I want them to get to the gym. I want them to go swimming. I want them to get out and walk. I want them to ride bikes. You know, activity. Even just put up a yoga video on YouTube and, and do that. Um, even just to get started. That's really the very best way, in my opinion, to get things stabilized and get things strengthened. Um, I, in, in extreme cases, I do have some patients that I've, I'll put on this and just say, all right, sit on this, rock your hips back and forth and front and back and do a little U-shape and that kind of stuff. And that really will get the, the uh, ligaments pulled on in that lower back, which will activate the muscles to strengthen themselves. And so there are things that you can do at home to specifically strengthen the lower back, and I think they're really good. Uh, necessary for most people? No, I don't think they are. Um, but people who want to go the extra mile and are very specifically looking for low back fix and looking for low back strengthening, then I think that's a really, really good way to go. Um, if you want, I can refer you to the, uh, the Pettibon thing. Um, the wobble chairs, they have got, they've got one that's like five or $600, and they've got one that's a couple hundred bucks. It's, uh, it's much less expensive than that. 
Um, but, you know, that's an awfully big but. It's just hundreds and hundreds of dollars. For people who, you know, most of the time, they're going to do it for a little while and then they're going to stop. They're not going to incorporate it into their long-term care. And so I'd rather have people get uh, really good habits while I'm adjusting them. Start going to the gym, start exercising, you know, do what you're going to do. That's why I almost never take people off exercise. I don't want to discourage that. I want movement. Movement is good and healthy. Yeah, if they injured their back doing deadlifts, then when we get back into deadlifts, we'll just start light. But I want them to start doing the stuff that they love. I love weightlifting. I know I don't look like a huge weightlifter, but I do love it. I think it's fun to throw a barbell around, even if it's got less weight on it than some of the other bigger guys. But I love that stuff, and I love biking, and I love you know mountain biking and road biking. You may have learned that from another podcast video that I did. Um, there's a lot of things that I love, and I don't want people to not be able to do what they love, especially while I'm getting through a treatment plan. Because if I take people off weightlifting while I'm doing adjusting, we get them through and they're feeling awesome, then we reintroduce that weightlifting afterwards, then I don't know what's gonna happen. Their body may just revert right back to having all the pains and problems. We should have been adapting the body to that exercise while we were doing the treatment or the care plan that I was doing. Now I'm looking around here. Um, let me go grab my adjusting tool, I'll be right back. Okay, so I'm not sure if that paused or not, so I'll have to look in editing. This is an adjusting tool. Now, this is a JTEC, you can probably see on there. Oh, other way. Uh, this is a JTEC. It's actually a Utah-based company. I think the company was based literally like two blocks away from my current office before. I'm not sure where they are now. Uh, but when I bought this, they were. Now, this is based off of another uh, adjusting tool or instrument called an activator. Now, this is not an activator. Activators are name brand tools. And there are several different versions of activators, but the, uh, the purpose of, of adjusting tools basically is to move a bone or a segment in the spine that you can just put this right on there and click, and it'll give a little impulse into that bone. Now, activator, um, which again, this is based off of, activator has a whole technique that's been developed for chiropractors to use specifically, you know, to get rid of pain and to improve function. Now, I am not an expert on activator technique, and I don't, uh, I don't claim to be at all. The I, I was very interested when I was back in school about activator technique because I've heard a lot of really great things about it, a lot of really great things, and I think it's awesome. I've actually had it done on me a couple of times, and for me, it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm adjusted. For me, activator technique is for people who really do not like hearing their bones pop. If you don't like hearing your joints pop, then uh, then that's one option. Uh, my philosophy on chiropractic, the way that I think about chiropractic, is that I am trying to restore motion into the spine. The very best way for me to do that is take a joint that's frozen up and move it through a complete range of motion. When we do that, we get a release. That's what I want. So I don't really use activator tool. Um, I have in the past. I'll click around on some muscles and that kind of stuff. Sometimes people love it on their shoulder muscles. Sometimes it'll just help relax it. Uh, not not that uh, dissimilar to a uh, to a massage gun. But uh, you know I'm not doing it for five minutes. But I'm just clicking around and, and it will actually give a little reflexive response in the muscles and they will have a tendency to relax. And so it can take some pain out that way. But um, as far as putting it on a joint clicking it and expecting that joint to have been moved as much as I want it to move, I don't expect that a tool like that is going to do that. Um, back when I was still 
really working on my technique and I didn't feel as strong about my technique and wasn't as confident, then I would use the tool on something that just wouldn't give me any motion. Now, if, if something's not giving me motion with the techniques that I'm using, it's because it's not going to move. I've already given it a stretch inside the joint as much as, that, uh, as much as a tool like this would do anyway. And so I can just leave it alone and say, all right, that's just not moving for us today. Or maybe I can get it from the other side if I just need to move a segment. Uh, but a particular joint, um, my hands are going to give me as much motion as I believe that will. The nice thing about this is it's a really quick impulse click. It's really, really fast. And so um, with that quick response, the joint, there definitely is a neurologic impact with that. It's not necessarily the same physiologic impact or physical impact that, as I want, but I'm not saying there's no merit or no um, value in, in getting the activator technique because I definitely believe that there is. I've had plenty of people come into my office though that were like, yeah, he had this thing and he made me raise my arm and my leg and I bent, I looked up and like this, that's, that's activator technique. And then he clicked on me a couple of times and then he told me to leave because I was done. And I didn't really feel any different. I didn't really feel like I had an adjustment. So a lot of people really like the, the manual adjustment with the cavitation, you know, that big solid release in the joints. Uh, those clicks that you hear, or cracks, I guess. They, I've never really considered them cracks, but uh, I've always thought of, them, thought of them as pops. But a lot of people call them cracks. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm down with the lingo. But, uh, you know, that manual adjusting really is, is where I feel like that's, the, that's where we get the true power of chiropractic, of a chiropractic adjustment. Not to say, like I said, that there's not value in other ways to do it, because there is. Uh, but it's, you know, when I got my, you know, I have my strengths and that's, adjusting is one of my strengths. I'm really good at it. And so, uh, so I enjoy doing it as well. And so I get in and I move things and that's, uh, that's, that's how I feel like we get a lot of results here in the office. But anyway, um, that's just about all I've got for this one. So I did some reviews today, talked about uh, chiropractic tools as well as a bunch of at home stuff. If you have questions or if there's anything else you want me to talk about, anything specific, then let me know. Uh, you can put in comments or just you know get in touch with me. I'm easy to find on Facebook. Uh, Spencer Erickson, um, and you, the, it's just easy to easy to find on Facebook, I guess. Uh, or you can just look me up at, at Timpy Chiropractic as well. I don't get great notifications. Facebook does not notify me of stuff on my business Facebook page, and it irritates me. But um, Facebook is what it is, and so you can do that if you want to get in touch with my front desk. The number is eight zero one seven six two six nine four zero, and um, Let's see, or drspencerericson at gmail is my email. Uh, if you want to get it, uh, if you want to email the front desk, then it is timpyreception at gmail.com. Uh, very cool if we're out of the office and um, you call the office and you should get a text. Uh, we've got a very cool app that, uh, that will text you, text you back saying we can't, uh, we can't take your call right now. You can text back at that number and the girls will be in touch with you as soon as they can uh, during office hours. We, uh, we keep up pretty good on that. But anyway, um, if you have questions, let me know. It's great to, great to sit down again. Uh, I've got some other content that I'm going to try to come up with pretty soon. I really do. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, no, no spoilers yet, I guess. Uh, but there's some people that, I'm, that I want to sit down with as well and have some conversations about health and about different things like uh, essential oils and, and uh, mental health and, and uh, strengths developing and that kind of stuff. So I guess there were some spoilers. Anyway, hope you have a great day. Thank you for watching or listening. I, uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great one.